Hello, everybody, and welcome to Friend Diagram, the podcast where two friends catch up and find common ground between their favorite media. I'm Remy. I'm Kat. Today, we'll be comparing notes on Severance and Stardew Valley. Okay, well, just for a little bit of context, um, I'm Remy, and Kat and I have been friends, how long has it been now? Three or four years? Yeah, probably close to four. Yeah. Close to four years. And um, a lot of our conversations uh, back when we were work colleagues centered around different pieces of media that uh, (laughs) we were excited about at the time or looking forward to or just experienced. And now that we are living far apart from each other, we thought it would be a good idea to get together every week or so and kind of catch up with one another, but still do that through the lens of what types of media are getting us really excited. And our hope is that through these discussions, we can not only catch up with each other, but sort of draw connections between these things that are sparking our interest. So the thing that's sparking my interest this week is the new series on Apple TV called Severance. Um, This just came out last month, and the series finale was uh, made available today. So I just finished watching the the entire first season. Well, I didn't watch the entire first season today. I've been <laughs> watching them as they've become available. But I just watched the season finale um, a mere couple of hours ago after work. And it was so fucking exciting. <laughs> I was like... I was literally on the edge of my seat. My hands were sweating. I was just feeling it. I was very excited. Um, And, oh, there's just so much to unpack. But I think, uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm going to try not to spoil anything major because I want people to, um, you know, appreciate this conversation, but I don't want it to be any deterrent for them to go seek out this series because I think it's an excellent series and I want as many people to watch it as possible. And I'm really fucking stoked that it got picked up for a second season and oh, I'm just real excited. So Um, what genre does this fit into? Like, is it comedy? um, Is it drama? That's a great question. It incorporates both of those things. It certainly leans more heavily toward drama, but it incorporates a a good amount of comedic beats so that you're not feeling like, oh my god, everything is depressing or dire or stressful (laughs) the whole time. Um, And that it flows so naturally because you have Adam Scott as the lead um, character, Mark S. And he obviously, you know, has really good experience both in the dramatic acting and comedy acting worlds. And so it was, um, I think, really smart and just really appropriate casting because he's so deft in 
both of those elements and just intermingles them seamlessly. Like, he is, like, a great lead for the series. Um, oh, and there's other, like, <laughs> there's other characters, too, that definitely bring a great comedic element. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say my favorite character is Rickon, who is um, Adam Scott's brother-in-law. And from the moment I saw the pilot and that character, Rickon, appeared on screen, I was elated because he's played by the same actor um, as Cool Rick from Patriot, which is another series that I'm certain I will talk about on this show because I've talked your ear off about Patriot (laughs) for the past three years at least. And, um, oh man, I just knew as soon as I saw that actor, I think, let's see, his name's Michael Chernew. I don't know how you pronounce it exactly, but as soon as I saw him, I was like, oh my god, yes, Cool Rick is here. This is gonna be awesome. And he was. He's such a good character. Um, So yeah, to answer your question more concisely, there's a lot of drama. There's a lot of comedy that keeps it from getting too heavy and really endears a lot of the different um, protagonistic characters. Um, and there's also, you know, like, um, a sci-fi element as well, because this series centers on this group of colleagues at a company that have undergone this procedure where their work selves and their home life selves are severed in their actual brains. So when they enter a certain space to go to work, they have no idea what has, you know, gone on outside of work. And their work selves are just called innies, and the innies only understand the inner world of what goes on inside their workplace, and their outies have no idea what goes on inside of work. So they are completely separate. A true work-life balance. Yeah, exactly. We can all only hope to achieve. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. It's really good. Uh, And the majority of the episodes are directed by Ben Stiller, um, another person who obviously is most well-known for their comedy, but also has really good dramatic chops as well. So Mm -hmm. that, um, that balance is is kept really well. And yeah, it's just been a delight. I saw the trailer come across my radar because I'm always out there scoping out trailers for stuff. That's one of the things my YouTube algorithm knows (laughs) that I love. It knows I want to see those trailers as soon as they're available. And um, I saw the, the trailer for the series come out and I was like, this shit this is going to be good. And I'm so glad that, that it was. Yeah. I, I I haven't seen any of it for context. Mm-hmm. So this is completely a new... I don't think I've even watched the trailer. Yeah. And it... I like it because it has, like, you know, that's a very immediately intriguing concept. Um, but 
there's just, there's so much more to it. Mm -hmm. There's many more layers of appeal for me. And I, because it's not just that you are interested in finding out, like, what are they doing at this workplace that makes it necessary for them to not access those memories in the real world. Um, There's mysteries around people that no longer work there and why and what they know and why they left and things of that nature. So is it like the employees that currently work there, is it like them trying to uncover what the innies know? Is that kind of like part of the plot or? It's kind of both. So the innies they well they know what they're doing there uh-huh. to a degree and oh man i don't know how much i want to give away yeah 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 but basically your um your core group of characters are four people that work in this one department and adam scott being one of them he's the manager of that small department and you get introduced to um, this woman, Heli R. She's a new um, member of the team. So you as the audience, you're kind of experiencing that workplace through her orientation as the newest Mm -hmm. member of the team. Um, And you sort of get an idea of how disorienting it is to start fresh because she's beginning there with absolutely no memories of any sort because you're kind of like brand new to consciousness when you're newly severed and you're on the inside. So you're kind of like a baby. (laughs) Yeah. And it's also really interesting to think, I think I missed this when you first said it, but like, or, like, miss the impact of this when you first said it, but the innies don't know anything about the outer life. Correct. And that's sad. Yeah. If I was just, like, at work all the time, I'd be so sad. Exactly. So um, for their experience is that they start working for the day, and they do their work day, and they go to leave, and then immediately they wake up again, and they're back at work, which is, yeah. like, a fucking nightmare. Wow. Yeah. Um, And so you're kind of, throughout the first season, you're kind of constantly um, witnessing the struggle for those, the innies and the outies trying to converge in a way to exchange information. Mm. Um, Because in this, in the world of the show, this severance procedure is proprietary to this specific company, Lumen, and it's very controversial because, um, you know, people are worried about workers' rights and, Mm -hmm. like, is this even ethical to do to your employees? And Mm -hmm. it's, like, a kind of a hot topic. And so, um the information that the innies have would be kind of explosive in that 
external debate mm-hmm. uh, but the Audis just have no idea yeah what that information is so you're kind of seeing how the innies are kind of going on this journey of no longer following every single rule mm-hmm. that this very strange very rigid company is imposing on them mm-hmm. and trying to tell their Audis what is going on essentially um, but it tackles like a lot of different universal themes mm-hmm. through this specific problem that I think it does like really well um, so like I said when someone is newly severed and they're an innie they don't really have you know um, it's hard to explain because there's a lot of fuzzy logic going on as well like they don't act they're not actually like an infant mm-hmm. um, but do they but know they... do they know like their life before being severed or is no. it like complete oh it's oh. like complete carte blanche. Mm. Like they, it's all blank slate and they only know what the company tells them because they've only ever lived at work. And so there's like these, this hierarchy and structure of the company is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's sort of something you, learn about as the season progresses like how dogmatic and just unnerving the people that work there are like the people in positions of power mm-hmm. and i one i one strength of um that part of the series i think is that it's really interesting because it kind of presents an allegory to the viewer of what happens in a reality where people are so dogmatic and zealous about work that it um, essentially becomes their religion because they have like the central text that is like a handbook, mm-hmm. but people quote it like it's, you know, a religious text. And there's um like people have altars to the head of the company and people have a lot of just like linguistic tendencies that draw parallels between religion and this industry and so it's kind of like an allegory for the toxicity of capitalism because mm-hmm. it's showing you like when you're so like hyper focused purpose exactly yeah. and when like when you're worshiping industry, this is how ridiculous you sound. <laughs> so, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's showing you the extreme to show you how ridiculous that premise is, mm-hmm. even when you're not being that extreme. Like, if, when your entire personhood is wrapped up in your work and all of the tenets and principles of what makes a good person are defined by your CEO, like, mm-hmm. that's insane but some people kind of live that way without realizing it so to show it in this extreme 
relief, like, it's really effective, I think. Mm. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. Um, huh, I'm really excited to watch this now. I, yeah, I specifically wanted to wait to not watch it because I wanted to have it, like, pitched to me like this, and this Ooh, okay. makes me really excited to watch it. Um, yeah. What was, like, the predominant emotion that you had, like, while watching it? Was it, like, suspense hmm. or, like, uh, you know? Like, what yeah, kept that's you coming back? Question. Like, what was the, like, addictive aspect of the <sighs> show, you know? They had very effective cliffhangers at the end of most episodes. So mm. I was, I got frustrated because this is, this, like, you're in a prime position because you can just breeze on through the entire thing now that yeah. it's all available. And I'm thinking of just doing that, like, tomorrow on my day off because, like, waiting all week was like torture like (laughs) every every week I'd be like oh it's almost Friday it's almost Friday and in Mm -hmm. my household Friday is Sevi day that's what we call it (laughs) for for Sevi because we have alternative names for every series that is beloved in the household and so Fridays for the past two months have been Sevi day so that's how you know it's I it's been an that. impactful series in my life is if it has an, a nickname. Mm. Um, but the predominant emotion, man, it really runs the gamut because, like I said earlier, like suspense was definitely part of a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, like curiosity and wanting to know the information that the characters are trying to uncover, yeah. like you're learning the same information in real time essentially mm-hmm. or once you get the information you're dying for that information to be transferred to the correct vessel you because it's like oh man you're <laughs> just rooting for people yeah so hard and you can see how things can come together if everything would go correctly but of course you know things don't always go according to plan but yeah i mean the the i wouldn't say people make like incredible arcs of character just in the nine episodes of season one but there's definitely growth and Mm -hmm. changes in the characters and so that's really satisfying um there's yeah, there's things that make you happy. There's definitely a lot of things that are sad. The grief is a big theme that they um, return to a lot. Um, that's actually the motivation for Adam Scott's character to undergo the severance procedure. Um, and, yeah, like just curiosity and suspense and just loving the characters and rooting for them, I think is one of are like my predominant, my predominant emotions, especially because I think one of the really good themes that it, the show underscores is the like 
innate importance of human connection mm-hmm. um, because these innies are so new and malleable mm-hmm. and are only given the information the company gives them. It's really exciting to see human connection flourish even in those really rigid and like austere circumstances like Mm -hmm. you are fucking cheering for just a person to walk down the hallway and talk to someone else because it's like it's just so exciting and it I don't know it's very compelling I feel yeah definitely Ooh, I'm excited about it um Another really interesting aspect to the series is that, or like something that I just found very striking that kind of sucked me in immediately in the beginning, Mm -hmm. is that the internal aesthetic of the company is very mid-century. Like it's very... um, Like, you'll know what I mean when you see it. It's, like, super mid-century, and it gives everything a a really obvious dated feel when Mm -hmm. they are inside work. Mm -hmm. And I think, like, that, you know, that is, like, an obvious device to delineate the two parallel storylines that Mm -hmm. are, you know, running in tandem, but it also really helps kind of give that that tinge to not trusting that company and like feeling really weird about how zealous everyone is mm-hmm. about their work and about the company and the founder of the company because it just has everything looks so like old-fashioned that you're like oh, wow, is this, like, what people, how people thought in, like, the mid-20th century? I don't know. There's something about the dated aesthetic that kind of helps you tip over the edge and question the the foundations of these principles that everyone is operating on. And it also just looks really cool. Um, I would... I love Heli R's outfits when she's at work. They're, like, really cool. <laughs> I'm just smiling thinking about the relationships in the in the show and how pleasing they are. Yeah. Yeah. The final, like, selling point I would talk about is that you... Um, it does... The series does a thing that is like a fundamental quality of a good series that I look for in that it does not spoon feed the audience in like a patronizing way, Um, which is a thing I find really uh, just unappealing in a lot of series where I can tell like I'm being babied with (laughs) information or exposition or Mm -hmm. like reminders of things and it's like you know what I'm here I'm putting in the legwork of trying to understand this Mm -hmm. and I appreciate that it is like giving me information at a rate that is like more challenging Mm -hmm. I guess and you've got to put the pieces together 
yeah, like I'm here to do the work and I'm excited about that. <laughs> yeah. I think that's great. Yeah, because I think that generally one thing that I've noticed about like you is that you really like to dissect things after watching them and really like think critically and deeply about the themes and uh, thinking about like talking about the green night in the parking lot for like an <laughs> hour and a half after the movie ended. Yeah. Um, and like just like dissecting like, oh, this character was played by the same person in this other plot line. So like, what does that mean? And what is really mm -hmm. being said here? Um, and I think that it can be unsatisfying unsatisfying when or dissatisfying when everything is like laid out really clearly and there's no like deeper thing to analyze exactly um, that totally makes sense for how the things i know that you like in media yeah mm -hmm. yeah that's cool i like it so my piece of media is stardew valley uh, which is uh, indie video game. I don't know when it was like when it came out first. Um, but is it really considered an indie? Like I feel like it's so popular. Yeah, it's technically an indie video game. Let me do a quick Google search. I should have prepared better. Stardew Valley came out in 2016. Um, it was developed by Concerned Ape, and mm. it's uh, generally been classified as an indie game and a role-playing video game. The general concept is that, like in the introduction sequence, your little person that you've designed is sitting at like a desk job, I think. I haven't played through the intro in Interesting. Quite, quite a while, but you're sitting at this desk job and you, like, have this, like, mental break. You're just, like, so Are you for real? I didn't it. know that was the beginning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, basically, you just, like, kind of lose it. You're um, really over this job and you move out to your grandfather's old farm um, that he's left to you. And I think it's, it's kind of fun. It's like a fun starting point where you're like, I have worked so hard and I'm kind of over that. So I'm going to move out to the country and just be a farmer, live my life. Um, I think it's a really fun, I like play it as kind of an escapism type mm -hmm. thing. When I'm I mean, those ready. are thoughts that I have all the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think that that's really fun. And when I when I find that I'm, like, really, really stressed out, I'm like, I got to start a new playthrough of Stardew Valley and just, like, start from scratch. Mm. Um, and I've played through it at least three times. Um, I got really into it when the pandemic started. Mm -hmm. Um and it's just something that I come back to really frequently. I really love it. Um, but basically, it's just like a simulation game. You can kind of choose your own adventure. You can, like, 
mine or farm, you can really focus down on your farming. My favorite thing to do is like collect a bunch of animals and build a bunch of barns and mm -hmm. just have a bunch of chickens. That's like my favorite thing. Um, cause I always end up killing my plants, which is a theme in real life and mm -hmm. not, um, <laughs> because I just forget that they exist. Um, and I would rather mine and make cheese, but, um, yeah, and I really like that every time you play through it, it's not the same game. Um, you have different options every time you play through. There's like, I don't remember how many people live in the town. Probably 10 to 15 people live in this town. And you can give people gifts and befriend them, basically, by giving them things. And through doing that, you unlock different parts of their storylines and kind of enrich the world that you're living in by making human connections and, like, learning more about people. Um, and so every time I've played it, I've befriended different people, and it never gets boring because I'm always doing something different. I'm always learning about new characters and... Um, I just think that that's really rewarding and a lot of fun, but also you can choose not to make friends with anyone and just like spend your days fishing. And I just think it's a really high quality game. And I think that that's why it's been so prevalent, um, as a video game that a lot of people have played. In terms of, like, other games like it, there's, like, Animal Crossing, which is, I would say, more popular. Um, but I didn't, like, connect with Animal Crossing in the same way that I just really, really connect with Stardew Valley. Um, Why do you think that is? Uh, I think it's because Animal Crossing moves in real time. Um... So basically, 8 a.m., my time is 8 a.m., that time, and it, each minute is a real minute. Whereas in Stardew Valley, a day takes 20 real-time minutes. And so you can play through multiple days and, like, get to know people on multiple days and do different things every day. Mm -hmm. I think that I really like that fast pace. Um, and it makes me feel like I've been able to accomplish more in the game and been able to, like learn more about the characters in the game. Whereas in Animal Crossing, <laughs> I like spent $60 on this game and I was like, all I've got time to do is pick up sticks. Um, because <laughs> like you just walk around and pick up sticks and that takes 20 minutes. Whereas I could play through an entire day in Stardew in that amount of time. Mm -hmm. um, and I think for like kids or people who are going to, play the game a lot more than I have time to. Um, I think that Animal Crossing can be a lot more rewarding. Um, but in terms of like someone who's only going to be playing the game for like 30 minutes or an hour at a time, uh, Stardew Valley just feels a lot more salient and 
it has a lot more plot in ter- like you don't really think of it as having plot but in terms of like the richness of the characters that you're developing relationships with um like for example there's like one character who like lives with his aunt and works at the corporation that everyone kind of hates it's like this dark entity in the background um he like drinks too much and like has this like really deep sad plot line and like if you befriend him he like his mental health improves and it's like really interesting or um there's this one girl who like lives in a trailer with her um mom and if you befriend her like you get really close with her and kind of learn her backstory and learn uh like why she's so closed off around other people and so like I think that the characters are really rich for such a casual game Mm -hmm. um which I really enjoy and uh I feel like you can get a really deep experience from it even though it doesn't doesn't really seem like that deep of a game I just have, like, a really strong connection to it, and it always, like, makes me feel good things when I play it. Like, I just have never been able to remain stressed while playing it. And, mm-hmm. um, Why do you think that is? Like, is it, does it really, like, hit the right level of engagement that you're, like, blocking out mm-hmm. the shit you don't want to think about? Yeah. Because it requires, it's like, there's like strategy involved, uh-huh. right? Like you need to time things correctly and uh-huh. plan and like hit the seasons right or whatever. Yeah. From what I understand. So like, there, like, what do you think is happening exactly that this specific thing gives you that, like, locks you into that type of escape? Yeah, I think it's just that there's so much that you can do within the game that you kind of create your own experience. And, like, you can go down into the mines and fight monsters, and um, that definitely, like, requires strategy. You have to know not to, like, die in the mines, otherwise you lose a bunch of money and, I don't know, someone comes and robs you. Yeah, I just think that it... It scratches the itch for, like, a cozy game that just makes you feel like you're still doing something. Mm -hmm. It's, like, meditative in a way where, like, I can just fish for an entire day or I can just go hit rocks with a pickaxe for the entire day. But I'm still, like, doing something and working towards a goal. And the short days mean that I can, like, meaningfully accomplish something within just a couple of days, I think. And it's not, yeah, it's not very deep, but it just, like, just scratches that itch for me. Yeah. And do you think that holds a lot of appeal for you or people in general when, like, your real life seems kind of aimless? Mm. Especially, like, whether it's, like, because you're in quarantine or because... Like, the nature of our work, it can be very destabilized frequently, Mm -hmm. and so you can feel like, 
oh, I've been working aimlessly all week because I'm constantly on these shifting sands and Mm -hmm. this fucking sucks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's something that I found really stresses me out in my life is like that sometimes I feel like I'm not in control of anything. Like um, that's something that I've been dealing with a lot lately is that like I just feel like things are just running off the rails and I can't. I can't stop it. And I think that having something like Stardew Valley gives you control over something. It makes you feel like I am in control of this one thing. And Mm -hmm. that's super beneficial in terms of escapism for me. Like, it just kind of gets my mind off of that. Like, everything's out of control here. Um, But, like, when I'm in this little world, like, I know what I'm doing and I know like what plants need to be harvested and I know Mm -hmm. uh what rocks I need to get to build this thing like um it just yeah definitely yeah I was just gonna say because you're like a big process person where Mm -hmm. like you like knowing like if I execute x and y I will get result z Mm -hmm. and that's like very (laughs) pleasing to you so I was thinking yeah I bet you like knowing exactly those things like do you hit these rocks or water (laughs) these plants or whatever yeah um yeah that's very you uh yeah the control aspect of it I like predictability and I like knowing what I'm gonna get in a video Mm -hmm. game Mm -hmm. um and that's something that like generally in terms of the kind of content that I like to consume, especially when I'm stressed, Mm -hmm. I have to know what to expect. That's like why Mm -hmm. I go back to the main comfort medias that I go back to. It's like, Mm -hmm. I know the emotions and sensations that this is going to give me and nothing is going to like come out of the blue and make me feel really triggered or like upset. Mm -hmm. And that's like why I choose the media that I choose to consume a lot of the time Mm -hmm. is because yeah, I might have watched New Girl a million times, or I might have played Stardew three separate times all the way through, but, like, Mm -hmm. I know what to expect from those things, and Mm -hmm. I don't have anything just, like, coming out of the blue to make me feel a way that I don't necessarily want to feel, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely understand um what you mean I think I approach that in like a slightly different way Mm -hmm. um especially when I'm going through like a really stressful or like destabilized time I feel like I like over time I've seen patterns where I gravitate back to like very specific sources of entertainment and for me I, I mean, we should dedicate a whole episode to this, obviously, but mm-hmm. just as, like, a preview, I have found that, um, well, I moved recently, um, which is why we no longer work at the same place. I moved, like, across the country a couple months ago and started a new job in a new city, and that's a very stressful time for me. Mm-hmm. I, I like the challenge of mastering a new you know location and job and all of that and I really like the growth that comes from that but 
God, putting down stakes and getting traction uh-huh. and just getting started is grueling for uh-huh. someone like me who just wants to feel capable. Like, that's all I'm ever striving for. And coming from a situation where you were the most capable person, right? right. Like, you were training other people to do things capably, and now you're having to, like, kind of take things from the ground back up. Yeah, and so, like, I found myself, like, going back to media that I used to watch, like, with the same amount of, like, God, I need this to start the day, like, Mm -hmm. just to, like, quell my anxiety. Like, I was thinking, like, the last time I felt this dependent on this media was, like, a time when I was basically homeless and, like, living out of hotel rooms or, like, friends' couches and, like, a very destabilized time in my life. Mm -hmm. And I kept always coming back to the same YouTube channel called Good Mythical Morning, which releases at 6 a.m. Eastern every day, Monday through Friday. And it's the same two hosts that have been best friends for, like, 30 years. Like, they've been best friends since first grade, and they're in their 40s now. And that stability and consistency is so crucial. Mm. And it's like, it's a new episode every day, so I don't know exactly what it will contain, but I know that it's going to have the same friendship between these two people that I value Mm -hmm. and the same general vibe and approach and lightheartedness that is not going to remind me that, oh, like, I'm living out of a storage container or, Mm -hmm. like, I'm in a new place and everything sucks. And it's like, there's so much value in stability that I think people really underestimate that sometimes. But I've been thinking about it a lot and I really want to talk about Good Mythical Morning for, for one of our episodes. Yeah, that sounds interesting. Is that like, no, we'll do, we'll save it for an episode. <laughs> I don't want to inquire too much. But yeah, that's definitely something that I feel a lot of the time. Like since the pandemic, like everyone has been just in this state of constant destabilization. We never know what to mm-hmm. expect. We think that things are getting better and then things come crashing down around us again. Yeah. And on top of like, I mean, since the pandemic, like my mom has been diagnosed with cancer Like, my husband moved across the country. You moved across the country. (laughs) I, like, I feel so much just, like, constant destabilization because Mm -hmm. I am such a creature of habit and I love predictability. I love knowing what's coming. And it always just feels so um, unpredictable now. Mm -hmm. And, yeah... Just the small things, like, I, I agree completely that the predictability of a certain kind of media is um, often underrated. And mm-hmm. honestly, right now, that's most of what I consume is just things that, like, I know what's coming and um, it feels kind of boring <laughs> because I'm, I, like, don't really 
pursue a lot of other content. And I find, yeah, that I kind of gravitate. When I do consume new content, I tend to like it in book format because things don't really sneak up on you as much in books. Whereas, mm. like, things can really easily sneak up on you in, like, TV and movies. Yeah, we've talked about this before because you're much more apt to read, like, a horror book mm -hmm. for the same reason mm -hmm. over, uh, like, a horror film because yeah, too much scary shit can happen at once in film. I love a horror film, but um, I can't watch them alone. Whereas right. I can read a, a horror book on my own before bed mm -hmm. and, like, not experience too much trauma. But, yeah, um, there's just something about a visual medium where, like, I I don't want to see that spooky stuff. <laughs> I don't want to see it. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. I want to read yeah. it with my eyes. Yeah. Well, I think there's definitely, just to draw everything together in mm -hmm. our Venn diagram for the episode, our friend diagram. Our friend diagram. <laughs> I mean, I picked up on some common themes, certainly, <laughs> in just uh, on, like, face value of mm -hmm. devaluing <laughs> the value. No, that doesn't make any sense. The theme of undermining or devaluing your work self mm -hmm. so um like your work self doesn't have to be the core of your identity yeah. which is something i struggle with and have struggled with for a long time um but i i'm working on you know mm -hmm. reversing some of that i think i'm making good progress but I had no idea that was how Stardew Valley began, and I love that that is the beginning, where you just kind of fucking rage quit your job yeah. and move out to a farm. That's incredible. So I love that on face value. I think that's mm -hmm. an obvious parallel. But I also think, you know, the innate human connection is yeah. certainly uh, one as well. Yeah, definitely. I I can't speak to it as much because I haven't seen Severance, but mm. there there is this, like, commonality of, like, how much can you trust this, like, big mega corporation? Mm -hmm. um, because in Stardew Valley, the corporation, it's called Joja Mart, if I didn't already say that. Huh. It's, like, this co competing grocery store, so there's, like, Pierre's, which is, like, this homegrown grocery store and things cost a little bit more, but like it's family owned and like, mm -hmm. you know, the people who work there and um, yeah, so there's that, but then there's Joja Mart, which is like uh, basically just like this huge corporation and like, they've got mm -hmm. a membership. It's generally like a Costco. It's like super cheap. There's a membership you join and they're like trying to steal the business from this home. Um, uh, this home run company mm -hmm. and uh, yeah like I never shop at Joja Mart even though no one's gonna know but like I never do it because it makes me upset um, I love I it that you don't do it on principle <laughs> I want to support Pierre um, That's but best. yeah like how much can you trust corporate America <laughs> I guess mm -hmm. 
Oh, absolutely. You know, I talk a lot about <laughs> capitalism in, yeah. our, in our conversations. Uh-huh. So, yeah, like a show like Severance that is uh, just starting off, like, obviously wanting you to doubt the, mm-hmm. the motivations of this company and the people and the power structures within, like, that's a given. Mm-hmm. But the process of the, like, lower-level employees, like, parsing indoctrination from, Mm -hmm. you know, how to actually form a sense of self Mm -hmm. in a more nuanced way and identifying, like, what, what thought patterns have been instilled in them in order to derive more capital from them Mm -hmm. is that's the shit that I love like you you know I'm gonna love that and undermining that type of um insidious thought process that capitalism instills in people to exploit them so Uh yeah yeah um yeah so I think we found the commonalities yeah um definitely like it's funny that we both ended up on a capitalism type theme i know that's so funny i yeah. love that it's like this brand new series and then this game from like <laughs> five years ago yeah. from 2016 you can find i think we're gonna be really good at this i think yeah. we're gonna be really good at finding common themes yeah definitely um, yeah that's you wouldn't think it but we did it. Yeah. And Stardew Valley, yeah. Highly recommend to everyone. Because mm-hmm. it's just a joy. I love a cozy game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone check out Severance. Season 2 has been greenlit. Um, I think I said that already, but mm-hmm. I'm just so excited. I'll say it again. <laughs> Streaming on Apple TV. Apple TV, yes. Thanks for joining us this week on Friend Diagram. Thank you to Tyler Seek for the creation of our intro and outro music. Did you take any of our recommendations? Have any thoughts on the show? Let us know at frienddiagrampod at gmail.com and we might read your email on a future episode. If you can, please take a moment to rate and review the show on your podcast app of choice. And we'll see you back here, same place, next week. Bye for now.